0: it's time now for keeping it 100 with dory sponsored by the derek olivier institute keeping it real with dory is designed to analyze discuss and develop positive outcomes to help stop the violence in the community now let's go to the studios here's our show host edmund davis Night. parents and students, be sure to listen every Monday night at 6 p.m. to Arkansas Baptist College today. Every week, we'll discuss Arkansas Baptist College and the campus activities. Guests will include faculty, staff, students, and we'll even throw in a community leader or two. Be the first to know what's happening on and around the campus of Arkansas Baptist College by listening to Arkansas Baptist College today. That's every Monday at 6 p.m. on Buffalo Radio the smart, affordable choice when choosing a college is as simple as ABC. Arkansas Baptist College is among the most affordable colleges in the state of Arkansas. We'll work with you to create the optimal financial package and consider you for a variety of institutional scholarships. When you apply, you'll receive automatic considerations for merit scholarships which are renewable up to four years and based on your GPA. First-time freshmen are also eligible for a 20 $2,500 $500 annual reward. In addition to scholarships for academic merit, we offer athletic scholarships, and we can't forget about scholarships for band and choir. Our financial aid team can help you through the process of compiling scholarships, grants, loans, and work study. We here at Arkansas Baptist College believe college should be accessible to everyone. For more information, call 501-420-1234. Arkansas Baptist College. We'll see you on campus. Are you tired of the violence that is racking your community? Are you wishing someone would do something about it? The Derek Olivier Research Institute based on the Arkansas Baptist College campus is doing just that. Join Edmund Davis every Thursday at 6 p.m. as he and his special guests discuss viable solutions for stopping the violence in our communities. That's Keeping It 100 with Dory every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio.
1: What's the science class? Let the course begin as every episode is a semester. And thank you for tuning in to Keeping It 100 Bradori on Buffalo Radio, making history one generation at a time. We are broadcasting from Arkansas Baptist College in downtown Little Rock's historic Dunbar neighborhood. We are just three lights from the Arkansas State Capitol building, the seat of power in the natural state. Keeping It 100 Redori comes on every Thursday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Buffalo Radio. If you're new to the show, just check this out. We're new to the show. We've been in business for about one year with this program, of course, so we're the newest HBCU radio station in the nation. We are America's only known weekly radio hour that discusses black male homicides as the number one killer of black males ages 1 to 44 in the USA. And so, of course, that's what our motive is, our objective is is to help suture those wounds, to help mitigate that issue, and, of course, to be uh, homicide managers, because we know we can't stop everything, but we can help control some of the bloodshed that's going on in the streets with black males moving forward, okay? So that's what we're all about here at this radio station. And, of course, last month was Women's History Month, and I told you we had some notable uh, women, some ladies, some leaders that stood out, and we have one this week here as well. She is an extension of that greatness that we had last month. So we're honored to have uh, Captain Lindsey. But before we go ahead and introduce her to this microphone, to this audience, let's go ahead and go over some uh, other announcements that we have to make at this time. I want to definitely say thank you to a number of people who came out to the uh, premiere, the Little Rock premiere of The Rose That Grew From Concrete. It was amazing. The awards ensemble after that was even better. And to the 40 recipients of awards, we say thank you. We salute you and give you your roses while you're above ground. Okay, so thank you to the movement. Thank you to the Mosaic Templars Culture Center. Thank you to the Community Game Changers and to Mr. Tim Campbell for that vision. Thank you, sir. Also, we want to say thank you to the Arkansas King Commission and Deshaun Scarborough for investing in hope with 3,000 students attending the Nonviolent Youth Summit on Monday. We want to thank... Uh, We're going to say thank you, rather, to Master P, the hip hop mogul, entrepreneur, uh, dad, businessman, and his son, Romeo uh, Miller, for being a part of it. Also, to actor Pooch Hall for being amongst others that were there for that fantastic event, okay? Now, this Saturday, folks, that's right, this Saturday, just in a few days, this Saturday at 10 o'clock in the morning, we will have a black women's march, okay? That's right, a black women's march. They will march from Arkansas Baptist College's Buffalo, right here at the corner of 16th and MLK Drive, all the way down to the state capitol building, okay? So be sure to come out and support. They're asking for African-American males, anybody, but especially dads, husbands, leaders, brothers, to come on out there and help support the March for Black Women and Girls 2022. And we thank uh, Jennifer Coffey Davis for leading this uh, effort in that sense, okay? So that's this Saturday at 10 o'clock, all right? So... Without further ado, let's go ahead and talk about why we're here, folks. And that's to hear Captain uh, Tamika Lindsey, and uh, she is someone who I uh, did some research on when I was looking for speakers for the Women's uh, History Month. And I ran across her bio, and I said, "Wow, uh, definitely uh, beyond impressive." And so we're grateful that we've established communication. Her background. I want to say thank you to her, but also that we thank God for what she's gone through, for what she's doing to help other people to her son and her daughter, who's also involved in the military adventures with the U.S. Navy. So it's just a beautiful thing to see when you uh, talk to uh, Captain Lindsay here. In a second, when we have our conversation, uh, we will see and hear more about that, okay? But right now, I want to introduce uh, Captain uh, Tamika R. Lindsay, of course, with the U.S. Navy retired. Captain Lindsay, okay, reported to the U.S. Navy Academy in August, okay, of two thousand excuse me, 2017, as his chief diversity officer, retired from the Navy on uh, July the 1st of 2021 after 30 years, okay, of exceptionary military service. In her uh, last four years of military service, she served as a senior advisor to the Naval Academy, uh, superintendent on all matters regarding inclusion, diversity, equality, opportunity, and uh, equal opportunity, equal employment opportunity, rather, okay? She is a trusted team member at the highest levels of the Department of Defense to build, lead, and manage a joint team uh, to advise on policy and procedural issues associated with culture of excellence, diversity, and inclusion, equity employment opportunities, and military equity opportunities and sexual harassment. She implemented and led, that's right, and led, okay, two task forces to identify inequalities by gender, race, and ethnicity resulting in the formations of the Navy's d Roadmap, and the Naval Academy's Diversity and Inclusion Strategic Plan, designed to improve the Navy's uh, diversity and retention initiatives. She also provided uh, Title IX oversight for 33 Division I sports teams directly supported by leadership organizations, financial administration, recruiting, and operations of two Division I sports teams, football, men's basketball, and serving as the institution's team's uh, lead officer and as a representative. Over her, of course, and it says here prior to her arrival in Annapolis, uh, Maryland, Captain Lindsay served as an assistant chief of staff of communications and information systems, and this is N6 level. She, of course, was with the US 7th Fleet CF7, where she was responsible for providing communications to all transit Navy ships, okay, transitioning the Western Pacific and strengthening relationships with over 30 countries in the Indo-Asian Pacific region. Of course, this, she is a native of, of Paulsboro, New Jersey, okay, for those in that area. Paulsboro, give a shout out to New Jersey, Paulsboro, okay. Captain Lindsay graduated from U.S. Naval Academy in 1992 and reported her first day of duty assignment as a training officer and assistant communications officer at the U.S. Computer and Technical Communication Station in Japan. In 1994, Captain Lindsay reported to the Navy Recruiting District. Of course, this is in uh, Houston, Texas, where she served both as officer and enlisted programs officer. Of course, after her third-year recruiting tour, Captain Lindsay transferred to Monterey, California, and earned a Master of Science degree in information technology management, where she returned to her alma mater as a protocol officer and later senior admissions counselor, senior-slash-minority admissions counselor significantly contributing to the Navy's most diverse class on record at the time. Ladies and gentlemen, there's so much to this lady's resume. It's beyond impeccable, and definitely um, I'm getting dizzy just by looking at it, but in a healthy kind of way. So without further ado, help me to welcome Captain Tamika B. Lindsey to Keeping It 100 here on Buffalo Radio. How are you doing, Captain Lindsey?
2: Hi, good afternoon. Edmund, uh, how should I address you? Mr. Davis. <laughs> you can address Davis me <laughs> You can address How me as Ed. I <laughs> I congratulations I am, on I, your first year of keeping it real 100, keeping it 100 with Dory. I I really applaud you on this great work and this great initiative here.
1: Well, thank you and, you know, definitely um whew, I, you're you're an amazing person and, and and you know, I was telling my students just maybe 30 minutes ago about you and uh, they may even have some, some, some competent questions to ask. And I said, hey, this is historic. We don't get these moments back. Let's take advantage of them in a healthy kind of a way. That way we can, you know, all benefit from the exchanges. And so I'm looking forward to that. But, again, I thank you. I applaud you and, and, and your staff, your team over the years, and just, uh, you know, how you help raise the quality of life in many sectors of life in and outside of the military-industrial complex. So I just want to say thank you for uh, taking time out your day, for being our latest and greatest uh, guest here on Keeping It 100, Bradori.
2: Thank you very much. I really appreciate that.
1: Yes, ma'am. And so, Captain Lindsay, go ahead and give the audience here Keeping It 100, give us about two or even three, but give us some facts that were not read in your biography at this time.
2: Well, I did put a lot in there, didn't I?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it, though. You know, I love it. I'm going to keep it.
2: Yes, I did put a lot in there. But I would probably say, um, and it it might be a summary. You may have picked up some of these things from there. But um, obviously, I I didn't realize this before. I realize the title now. But I had early calling to activism. Um, I was always involved in my community through my church, Mm -hmm. Um, WHEN I WAS IN HIGH SCHOOL, um, UNFORTUNATELY, A FRIEND OF MINE WAS KILLED BY uh, GUNS, AND WE, MY FATHER AND I JOINED THE MAYOR AND OTHER CONCERNED um, MEMBERS OF THE COMMUNITY, AND WE WERE DISCUSSING, LIKE, THERE IS NOTHING IN MY HOMETOWN THAT APPEALS TO OUR YOUTH. Mm -hmm. SO WHAT CAN WE BE DOING TO HAVE PROGRAMS FOR OUR YOUTH TO be? more involved in those programs rather than being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Wow. The other thing is, for me personally, I am I'm very principle-based, so I live by the golden rule. I treat others as I would want to be treated. And I thrive on challenges, so um, I love the aspect of teams. Uh, in the military, we, we are one big team. We are fighting our forces, uh, which protect our country and our way of life, and, and our allies and interests as well. Mm -hmm. So I really like that team concept, but I really love sports. And I know it's a small line in there, but I love sports. I love the game of football. No, I don't play. (laughs) Um, But, you know, if I had another life, you know, I would come back and and go out to be a football (laughs) player. Um, And I was so happy when I was asked to be the officer representative for both the football team and the men's basketball team. And we had some phenomenal years. And I was just honored to be that, that person, that mentor, that person who was in charge of making sure that there was good order and discipline on the team, uh, that they were doing well in class um, and that they were doing well in their, in their military life. So I really do thrive on challenges. And this isn't in there. This is definitely not in there, thriving on teams, thriving on challenges. But I was actually a Mary Kay consultant too. Wow. I actually still use the product. I really love the product and, and use yes. it for personal use right now but I was a consultant for about 15 years and um, actually made it to the rank of senior sales director. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty, I, again, I thrived on team and accomplishment and challenges. So that drove me to that too, but I'll go back to the sports. I love sports and my activism um, roles.
1: Wow. And I did look at that. I said, okay, there's um, a marker in there with sports. And and I read that I played high school football and, and ran track in college and, Thought I would go to the next level, but, um, you know, got ahead of the plans for me. But definitely, uh, I'm like you, I'm a, I'm a big sports fan, especially during the finals, whether it's the Stanley Cup or MLB's World Series, any final series in any sport, I like seeing the best of the best. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Okay, so what was the reason why you signed up for the U.S. Navy and not the Marines or the Air Force or the Army? What was that effort?
2: Well, believe it or not, I signed up for all. Wow. So uh, where I was in high school, um, trying to figure out where I wanted to go, I did visit various local schools around mm-hmm. me, and it just didn't have that it factor for me. Um, they were very, they are very good schools, um, but it, it just didn't spark any type of challenge, that challenge that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the challenges that I had personally was taking the SATs. Okay. And if anyone can relate, um, may have had a struggle in taking their SATs, uh, getting good scores on those. So I heard about this man who gave free SAT help. And one of my philosophies is if it's free, it's for me. You know, so I, I went to, I wanted to sign up with him. they like, well, no, the condition is that you have to be interested in the Military Service Academy or ROTC program. And I said, okay, well, I'm interested then. Mm-hmm. So I went with him. And for a year, um, I drove to his house every Sunday night. It was a 40-mile drive to his wow. house and sat at his dining room table from 7 to 10 and um, practiced on my SATs. And at the dining room table, it was math. And if you raised your scores, then you went into the kitchen with his wife and practiced on your verbal test. So that's what I did to raise it. And I ended up taking the SATs a total of five times. So you want to talk about commitment and <laughs> and having those – people believe in you and you believing in yourself, like I'm going to do better um, by continuing to take these, these classes, these free classes. And over that time I got to learn, this, this person, this tutor, he was a Naval Academy graduate and he's what we call a blue and gold officer, so they recruit for the Naval Academy. And so I learned about the Naval Academy. Yes, I did apply to both West Point, um, the Military Academy, mm-hmm. and I applied to Air Force Academy But they were both like, don't call us, we'll call you. Mm -hmm. So the attention that I was given um, that made me feel like I was wanted there at the Naval Academy really drew me closer. And uh, after a year, they told me that I I was a good candidate, but I would probably have to go through a year prep school. And how did I feel about that? And I realized, yeah, that's for me. Now, you know, open kimono here, you know, true story is, i even though i graduated in the top 10 of my class Mm -hmm. i realized that the quality of my school was not as challenging as other schools across the u.s and that was like a humble pill that i had to take because i'm thinking that if i'm smart enough therefore i must you know why should i have to go to prep school well what i didn't realize that there's a a quality index that's tied with this school and how it relates to other schools across the country so the going to a prep program was just the thing for me and I realized that I needed it because school came, high school came very easily to me and I didn't realize I didn't know how to study so I had to teach myself how to study at this prep school program and it paid dividends to make me better prepared for my four years at the Naval Academy
1: Wow, wow Okay folks, that is Captain Tamika Lindsay and we're going to take our first commercial break and we'll be right back on Buffalo Radio with keeping It 100 with Dory
0: Alumni, parents, and students, be sure to listen every Monday night at 6 p.m. to Arkansas Baptist College today. Every week, we'll discuss Arkansas Baptist College and the campus activities. Guests will include faculty, staff, students, and we'll even throw in a community leader or two. Be the first to know what's happening on and around the campus of Arkansas Baptist College by listening to Arkansas Baptist College today. That's every Monday at 6 p.m. on Buffalo Radio. The smart, affordable choice when choosing a college is as simple as ABC. Arkansas Baptist College is among the most affordable colleges in the state of Arkansas. We'll work with you to create the optimal financial package and consider you for a variety of institutional scholarships. When you apply, you'll receive automatic considerations for merit scholarships which are renewable up to four years and based on your GPA. First-time freshmen are also eligible for a 20 $2,500 annual reward. In addition to scholarships for academic merit, we offer athletic scholarships. And we can't forget about scholarships for band and choir. Our financial aid team can help you through the process of compiling scholarships, grants, loans, and work study. We here at Arkansas Baptist College believe college should be accessible to everyone. For more information, call 501-420-1234. Arkansas. Baptist College. We'll see you on campus. Are you tired of the violence that is racking your community? Are you wishing someone would do something about it? The Derek Olivier Research Institute based on the Arkansas Baptist College campus is doing just that. Join Edmund Davis every Thursday at 6 p.m. as he and his special guests discuss viable solutions for stopping the violence in our communities. That's Keeping It 100 with Dory every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio.
1: Welcome back to Keeping It 100 with Dory here on Buffalo Radio, where being real is the deal. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're just now tuning in, I am Professor Davis, host. And uh, we have here on the other line, this is the living legend herself, Captain Timmy Lindsay. And I love uh, saying that because some of the things she's done is legendary. You know, her roles as, as an officer, her family, I believe it's the first in U.S. Naval history. For a mother a daughter and a son to be uh, involved in that capacity and, and i can go on and on but um, i want to also take the time right now to give an acknowledgement to the derek olivier uh, family of course for those who are just not tuning in derek olivier lost his life 10 years ago due to gun violence here across the street from arkansas baptist college and of course we have the derek olivier research institute uh, of course also known as dory that's the acronym for dory so we want to give a shout out to uh mama alma olivier and Papa Joseph Olivier, Brother Antoine, and Sister Felicia, as our thoughts and heart and prayers are still with you and your family at this time. And so we also would like to acknowledge uh, Admiral Michelle Howard. Of course, we want to also recognize Major General Irene uh, Tridwell Harris, and also Commander Sergeant Mildred C. Kelly. Those are some of the names that, uh, of course, uh, Captain um, Lindsay may know about, you know. We just wanted to make sure that we... uh, Gave honor where honor is due, like we give honor to Captain I Lindsay, sure do. we give honor to these ladies as well. Amen. Yes, so Captain Lindsay, you were saying the thing you were saying a whole lot about your your feedback, but something stood out to me, of course, you said you took the SATs. I want folks to hear this five times. Captain Lindsay, I took mine five times too, so we have that in common, of course, back then it was called the Scholastic Aptitude Test before I went to Gremlin. Now, of course, Mm -hmm. we call it the uh, SATs now for the 21st century. We're calling them the safety advocacy tips. The SATs now, we're calling them the safety advocacy tips. We give presentations to young people on how to employ these uh, safety advocacy tips before they go to college, these SATs, to show them how to uh, socially and civilly be responsible. And we tell them that, you know, life ain't always what happens to you. A lot of times it's how you respond to what happens to you. And so, uh, but th- that stood out because you said SATs five times. I was like, hold on. I took mine five times before <laughs> I've actually passed it. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes and,
2: and I, you know, I, I'm really hoping that these tests evolve to understand the, the different demographic backgrounds that are taking these tests. And um, I know that they were in a process of trying to figure out landscape and how they can figure out you know you you can't test for resiliency you can't test for leadership in there in those tests um Mm -hmm. you know and and they were looking for ways in which they can do it but i will note you know a lot of schools are actually assessing the value of this test anymore Right. and you know understanding that this test is really a a factor of how good you will perform in your first year of college doesn't define you Mm -hmm. but you know it's how good you know a lot of people put too much weight on it for entrance exams so hopefully um, there's going to be a tried-and-true look, um, relook look at this, these uh, entrance exams to, to where we go in the yeah. future.
1: Yes, I agree. So who inspired you, of course, uh, during your 30-year career as a naval officer? Who was your biggest inspiration while you were uh, in the Navy?
3: Uh,
2: I would probably say there's many influencers. Uh, I have many mentors, mm-hmm. um, have had many mentors in my life. Uh, But I will probably say it starts at home with my mother and father. My mother passed away 13 years ago. But, you know, my dad has been a mainstay in my life. Um, If I had, uh, when I became a single mom in 2009, um, my dad realized that I was in a very demanding position. And I had two uh, preteens by then. You know, they were nine or seven and nine. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, you need help. And I finally said, yes, I do. And I mm-hmm. took that help on graciously to help me get through what needed to be done. And uh, I'm so thankful and blessed to have him. Um, he, he and my mother actually raised my kids while my then husband and I were deployed to the Middle East for two mm-hmm. and a half years. Wow. So I left two weeks after my son's first birthday. So just having that support of my family to mm-hmm. be there to help me. Uh, the support of my friends, my family and friends who, you know, you know circled around them to to help, to help with my kids and be there. Um, and, and just tying on to my dream of succeeding in the military, that was a mainstay. And when I see people who believe in me and invest in me, um, and when I say invest, you know, that they pour into me knowledge. They pour into me, you know, skills, things that I need to look out I feel like I need to pay it back by showing them how the investment paid off in me. Yes. And that's by me succeeding.
1: Yes. And so your dad, and what's your dad's name if you don't want me asking?
2: His name is Fred Burnett.
1: His name's Fred?
2: Fred Burnett,
1: yes. Mr. Fred Burnett, we give an acknowledgement to you, sir. Thank you so much for your investing, of course, in Captain Lindsay. Hopefully he's uh, able to listen to this broadcast and, uh, you know, that leads to my next question. You know, what is your opinion on black male fratricides? And for those who just now tuned in, uh, we're talking to uh, Captain Lindsay with the US uh, Navy. And uh, of course, it's a interesting conversation that I have with a number of people. Uh, they don't really understand the word fratricide. For those who don't understand, uh, frat is male-centered, like sorrow is female-centered, of course side is when you kill, whether it's you know, permacide, whether it's uh, fratricide, it's killing of brothers. So black fratricide is uh, black men killing black men. So uh, with that being said, in the United States, what do you think uh, the military discipline, uh, do you think the military discipline would minimize this social uh, national health issue, Captain Lindsay?
2: Well, it depends. So I, I need to stress that, you know, I don't know if you remember or if anyone has told you about, back in the 70s, um, there was a uh, a time when blacks would come into the courtrooms and the judge would say either go to jail or go join the military. Yep. And we are away from that. The military is an all-volunteer force. Mm. So we want those who truly want to be there and want to do something to improve their lives and also have your... Brothers and sisters back in times of conflict, but also in times of peace, so we could train there. So, the, the mindset that a person comes in there for um, isn't to be protected from, or, or learn the discipline from that. They have to come in wanting the whole package. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. They want to come in and they want to better themselves. They want to, uh, you know, give. We, we say in the military, in our code of conduct, I fight in the forces which guard my country and our way of life. And at the bottom, it says, I'm prepared to give my life in their defense. Well, you know, I think that that is a much more honorable way of living than than what we are seeing in the streets today. I mean, just waking up and watching the local, local news just this week. It's only Wednesday and um, Wednesday when we're recording this, that is. But like it was a 15 year old shot and killed walking home from school. 13 year old shot Tuesday it was a 16 year old shot. And then this morning. A four, two four-year-olds shot and killed in different incidents. One was walking in front of mm-hmm. a convenience store and was shot, and another one was shot by their two-year-old a, a two-year-old who got hold of a handgun. Wow. So it is just, it's just very sad, and it's just very open and convenient that this seems to be part of everybody's life,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it's not respected. You know, the right to bear arms is not respected in the case of of your own self-protection, but it's going out almost as a hunt, hunting mechanism. Mm-hmm. And, and there cannot be that much hate in a person who right. to wanna to take somebody's life. It just does not make sense.
1: Wow, you, you said a whole lot and, and I concur because I was speaking uh, at a forum a couple days ago and there was a pastor that was on the panel and he had noted two important uh, factors with people who are quick to pull the trigger, quick to take a life. He said, There's no respect there, but there's a lot of selfishness when you have the audacity to take somebody's life. How selfish that is for now, of course, you in the warfare, it's different when you're in, you know, Kabul or you're in downtown Beirut getting shot. It's different if you're in military, but, you know, here in these streets, and we know it's uh, this urban jungle, but to take somebody's life for in a way that is done repetitively, and for those who are listening, On average, in this country, 25 African-American males die every day in this country. And that's part of what I do is research. So, again, you know, me and Captain Lindsay are having this conversation. We want you to also listen that as parents, you know, as leaders, as doers, as servant leaders, you know, we're here to serve. And uh, if there's anything that we can do to help mitigate this blood that's being shed, that's why we have this program here. They bring on people like Captain Lindsay to give us some markers, some cues, some concepts, some ideas. And of course, she like I know what the problem is, it's a lot of selfishness. And uh, you know, of course, there's a lot of factors that play into the role here. And, and I'm going to read this uh, to you just a little bit. Uh, Captain Lindsay, it says here, from the Derek Olivier Research Institute, uh, Do you know? It says, "In 2022, you know it says here." that a black male is murdered by another black male every 50 minutes in the U.S. So that's like, Mm. right, every 50 minutes. Last year it was one hour and 30 minutes. Now it's been minimal time now. Wow. Every 50 minutes uh, there's a murder taking place. Uh, We call it black fratricide. And, you know, I like what you said, and I did hear that before. I was born in the 70s, but I remember hearing it maybe in the 80s about, you know, hey, you can go to the military or you can go to prison. And I had that conversation just recently with somebody, uh, one of my mentors. We were talking about, hey, they should have the draft open again for people who uh, are, uh, I guess, the disav- not the totally disadvantaged because there's a lot of people that are disadvantaged and they don't think about this. But to the ones who are high risk, the ones who are, are you know, at that precipice of pulling the trigger, you know, give them an option. So uh, that's just interesting that you brought up that point again with military or yeah, it's Yeah,
2: it's, it's, it's interesting, um, you know, for that. But, again, having an all-volunteer force gives us an opportunity to um, have a cross-section of our country that truly want to um, better themselves and stand for our country. Um, it's not a shelter. It's not a... It's not a uh, life changer you know compared to our corporate counterparts we're clearly not paid more but we we enjoy the, the adventure we enjoy the camaraderie so we're looking for leaders we're looking for people who have innovation you know innovative minds we're looking for people who want to grow we're looking for people who want to be professional in what they do and and these are the these are the things that we look for when we promote sailors every year when we promote officers every year on on their capability to lead others and and you know it, leadership is the bottom line. It's an art of having influencing people to do what you need them to do and it comes through setting the example, setting the tone within the workplace, uh, respecting others, respecting their input but also demanding that same respect in return when it's time to get the job done. So. Instead of the chaos like we had in the early race riots, close to Vietnam, or things like that, we have to have more respectful and open, and sometimes crucial conversations in order to be a cohesive unit today.
1: Yes, yes, and um, you know, I I, I think about these numbers and I look at them and I say, "Wow." You know, I try to look at the glass half full rather than half empty. But like you said earlier, when you hear about a 13-year-old either pulling a trigger, or being the one that's being shot is uh, there, there's no there's no better it's just sad all the way across the board and um right. you know I know that uh this past weekend there was a mass shooting in California, and there was one mm-hmm. at an outside park in Dallas, Texas, and then another one in Oklahoma so it just kind of you know seems to be the norm which you don't want to normalize this foolishness, but every day you know there is one and of course a, a, casualty rate for for black males is the highest per capita especially when we're only 6.6 percent of the u.s population but we're responsible for 50 percent of uh, the homicides is beyond embarrassing we have to address that
2: yes very very much an embarrassment and you know when i when i saw the the incidents that happened specifically in um 2020 um when i really thought there was an awakening. Um, you know, to stand up for the rights of George Floyd and the rights of Breonna Taylor and so on and so on, that there would be less turning on each other, but yet to be helping each other build up your community. And um, there, there's a lack of access available where people, young men, may not see that opportunity and it's, it's sad if they don't see the opportunity because that's just the path that they're down. But if we can continue to reach one, you know, right. each one reach one and, and right. develop and tell them that there's, there's more to life than outside what you're growing up in right now, which is, you know, in some cases, it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you could do everything right and your son be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I fear that many times with my son. You know, like, okay, where are you going? And I hate to sound like that nagging mom, you know, but I right. just want to make sure that he's safe because I don't want a mistaken identity. Right. I don't want just like a haphazard tar- target, you know, Like, and as each family suffers, the person who dies and the person who pulls the trigger, they're, they're suffering. It's not just the loss of a life, which is the, the biggest significance, but both families suffer as well. Yes. And then you ask yourself, what was it over? Does it make sense? And will that person, that person will never be, will, will have a very small chance of being fully reintegrated into society again. So it's two lives lost in this matter. So it's, it's just, you know, when you have to weigh these consequences, and there is no thought given. It is a very selfish thought, mm-hmm. actually, like you said, to, to, to taking this, this action. Right this unnecessary action against another life.
1: Yes, very selfish. And and to that point, we'll be right back. We'll take another commercial break. We'll be right back with Buffalo Radio's Keeping It 100 Dory.
0: alumni, parents, and students, be sure to listen every Monday night at 6 p.m. to Arkansas Baptist College today. Every week, we'll discuss Arkansas Baptist College and the campus activities. Guests will include faculty, staff, students, and we'll even throw in a community leader or two. Be the first to know what's happening on and around the campus of Arkansas Baptist College by listening to Arkansas Baptist College today. That's every Monday at 6 p.m. on Buffalo Radio. The smart, affordable choice when choosing a college is as simple as ABC. Arkansas Baptist College is among the most affordable colleges in the state of Arkansas. We'll work with you to create the optimal financial package and consider you for a variety of institutional scholarships. When you apply, you'll receive automatic considerations for merit scholarships which are renewable up to four years and based on your GPA. First-time freshmen are also eligible for a 20 $2,500 annual reward. In addition to scholarships for academic merit, we offer athletic scholarships. And we can't forget about scholarships for band and choir. Our financial aid team can help you through the process of compiling scholarships, grants, loans, and work study. We here at Arkansas Baptist College believe college should be accessible to everyone. For more information, call 501 420 1234. Arkansas Baptist College. We'll see you on campus. Are you tired of the violence that is racking your community? Are you wishing someone would do something about it? The Derek Olivier Research Institute based on the Arkansas Baptist College campus is doing just that. Join Edmund Davis every Thursday at 6 p.m. as he and his special guests discuss viable solutions for stopping the violence in our communities. That's Keeping It 100 with Dory every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio.
1: Welcome back to Keeping It 100, we here on Buffalo Radio, where being real is the deal. For those who just now tuned in, I am Ed Davidson. We have on a U.S. Navy Captain, Tamika Lindsay. She's given us commentary, her thoughts and her ideas and, you know, her views on what we call, of course, black fratricide. That's why this is the only radio station in the country that's dedicated they're talking about this and also seeking solutions because we see the glass half full, not half empty. And so we're honored to have Captain Lindsay on the line. And, of course, uh, she had been talking about some of these uh, effects. We call them the multiplier effects because there's trauma. And, again, hashtag drama is trauma, not just in the black community but all across this country, especially when you're looking at these absurd numbers. It's a national health crisis that we have to address it as such and not sugarcoat the problem. And so, of course, we know what it is, and we have to address it, and leaders like uh, Captain Lindsay and us are talking about this uh, moving forward. And so, of course, we call that the multiplier effect because anytime you have a man that pulls the trigger in a car with three other guys, all four of them are going down for murder one, not just one person that is the shooter. So, again, that's the multiplier. All those lives are affected by that uh, count or by those counts. So uh, we have to be sensitive to who we get in cars with to who we're uh, you know, standing around is sad, but that's the reality of uh, that we live in this world uh, today. And so again, we, we thank Captain Lindsay for giving her commentary about these uh, problems, and as we seek solutions, she's given us input, okay? So as a mother to a black son, what advice can you give other listeners, especially single parent moms at this time, Captain Lindsay, for advice to keep their sons on the right path as you have done so successfully?
2: Yeah, so um I don't claim to be the perfect mom or anything. I, I struggle mightily. Um my marriage did not work out and unfortunately uh my children's father died unexpectedly of a massive heart attack three and a half oh, years ago. Wow. So we were good co parents but um you know the the marriage piece didn't work out and I was always afraid was I setting the right example to my son, to my daughter mm-hmm. on this because I don't want this to become a generational thing. Um, But it was in our best interest to be more transparent and just say, hey, things didn't work out between us. So what have I done for my daughter and my son in this matter is that I, I really have tried to be transparent. Transparent in my job. Transparent in my work ethic. Transparent in my principles in which I raise my household meaning that i would not tolerate any lying um that i expect good grades at all times yes uh that i they need to be respectful of their elders and and understand the value of a dollar of an honest working dollar too so you know starting with chores or being um you know in sales like my daughter was a troop uh girl scout cookie sales you know money management mm-hmm. things like that and then i i charge them they Both my kids were in sports, but I made them understand very early that there was a student athlete uh piece, and it was their responsibility to keep their grades up and be a good model student in order to enjoy the privileges of being an athlete. It wasn't the other way around so those were the those were the rules that I set very early. I told them that there was no waiver for those, and um they abided by those rules throughout. Uh, their Their early school years and through high school and and that they're they're good young adults right now.
1: Wow, and,
2: and and it paid off. You know, they they managed to get into to this and and having other people see them for what they do in the, in their groups um, as a community. You know, they're like, oh, is Elise going to be there? That's my daughter's name, uh-huh. or is Eric going to be there? Okay, well, they're they're pretty responsible young kids. <laughs> okay. Um, they, but they had that reputation um, for that. So, and I told them, don't be ashamed of that reputation. You know, it, it's a good thing to have it.
1: Yes, and maybe one day we can get them on the show as well. And you know, I'm, I'm sure we can have an opportunity to to hear what they have to say because it's important. Definitely, we want to sure. do that. And so, Captain Lindsay, I have a student, a number of students in the studio. They're here at the Buffalo radio station. And one of them is about to take the mic and speak life to the show. But he wants to acknowledge you here. And I was telling him here, you're going to be talking to uh, definitely uh, Captain uh, Lindsay. But she's the, um, of course, highest ranking uh, black female in the, of course, officer rank in the U.S. uh, Navy. And so it's an honor to speak to her. And so I want my student here to introduce herself to you.
3: How are you doing? My name is Ransford Anto.
1: My name is Ransford
3: Ento. I'm sorry, could you say your first the Bronx, name again? New York. I'm a business administration major and I play basketball. Hi. I first want to say thank you for your service and your time and thank you for speaking to us on Keeping It 100 radio show. My question to you is with the leadership skills that you've learned in the Navy, what's something that a child who's still in a place where not too many positive influences are around? Could learn to break the cycle not only for himself but for his peers around him.
2: So let me make make sure that I understand you. With what, what leadership skills that I've learned, what could someone who doesn't have that environment? How could they use those leadership skills when they don't necessarily have the environment for them to do so? Yes. Did I hear that correct? Okay. So um, I I think that the answer is uh, be the leader. Um, If there is something that you feel is not there, um, you should be able to talk to somebody to say, I want to start this organization. You know, it could be a boys club. It could be, you know, a recreational softball, baseball team. It could be... um, you know, a Saturday uh, neighborhood cleanup. It could be taking a tour to a museum. Just saying that I am interested because unfortunately there are times when people don't speak up to offer to help until the request for help is there. So being a leader, one of the things for being a leader is to speak out or to speak up when there are things that are not going right. So take that on as your responsibility. If it's not going right, you say, how can I make this right? And make opportunities that you don't see there, get input from other people who would like something different to happen and work together. Um, don't come up with 50 different ideas. So therefore 50 different things are going on at the same time, but pick two or three things that you can all support and work on those things together. And I, like and I do want to add um, for the, for the like record, I was. Idea. What when um, I examples. From the
1: military well, last I know you said something about a boys club. I what are um, um, some smaller examples for uh,
3: to to younger generations to try time. to follow so, this, to try uh, to, to create that type of, of change you know, around their peers?
2: I'm sorry, did I miss something else?
3: I was going to ask um, what would be a good idea? for somebody with a younger generation who, who might not have a lot of financial resources to put together an organization?
2: So, what, so one of the things that you can do is come up with a, a plan on what the organization will be and then identify what you feel that is needed to support that program. What, are, what type of funding are you talking about? Are you talking about monetary funds that come to you every week are you talking about needing a needing or renting a building space are you talking about marketing materials what what are you talking about you have to identify that so until you identify what those costs are that you're going to need you you know um, you really can't you really shouldn't say well i can't do it because i don't have any money but you don't know what the money is what the requirement is so identify the requirements and then when you speak up to someone and say we we really need this. I have, you know, there's interest in having this. I think that there's, you know, I've surveyed, I've posted this. I think it can work. I know it will work. I just need this and ask them to help you find a source, a philanthropist, uh, a church, um, maybe the mayor even to to fund for youth youth programs. Somebody who can help you put that together.
3: Thank you, I agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. And of course, again, we got a student here from the Bronx down here in Little Rock, Arkansas. So it's a, okay. uh, it's a national flavor, Captain Lindsay, national flavor down All here. All right, I love it. <laughs> yes, yes. So after a 30 plus year successful career in the military in the US Navy, what is your next move? What is the next move for you right now, Captain Lindsay?
2: So uh, I have returned to my um, home state in New Jersey for now. Um, That's going to be my, my home base, but I do want to move around and travel. Um, I definitely enjoy watching my kids grow. And so being, you know, not too far from them in Maryland, it's a quick drive down there about an hour and a half hour, 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm also close to my father. He's about 15 minutes away from me, but, um, I can't sit sit still, I think that you can probably tell that, given my busyness through my life so far. Yes. So, um, I am going to continue my activism through my diversity, equity, and inclusion education. And so, I am part of a consulting firm called Diversity Crew. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're home based out of Dallas, Texas. And I'm also working on my own own diversity, equity, and inclusion consulting business so that I can help companies realize that when you when you have a diverse team you realize that you are more efficient you have a greater return on investment um, that they're you're creating opportunities for people who would not other that are qualified but yet overlooked because of their race their gender their sexual orientation their religion or whatever the case is Mm -hmm. and that you know we need to do more so I will continue to advocate so as I continue to help break down some of those glass ceilings or those glass doors. I just need all of you who are sitting there in that audience to do your part and get your education and to look for opportunities to lead within your community, within your classroom, you know, however you want to, and, and those, those barriers will be knocked down. And you, if you, I believe that if you see it, you can be it. So if there's something that you're going after and you wanna know how you can get there, Find that person, reach out to that person either on Instagram, um, LinkedIn, or something, and say, "How? What? Do, what advice do you have for me to get where I need to to do to, to get where I need to go?" I do that still today. I did that last night when I was on LinkedIn. Um, that's how this connection happened for me to be on your guest today. Yes, ma'am. You know, just make your network. Start your network
1: early. Wow, that speaks in volumes, and that um definitely um. I wrote it down right now, I'm learning too. If you see it, you can be it. Quote, unquote, I appreciate that. I'm gonna use that and quote you. That is fantastic, and uh, definitely um, we are we are blessed because you're on this program, you're on this station here at the Buffalo Radio. We thank you, and do you have any acknowledgements that you wanna to make to, to the Keeping It 100 uh, audience at this time?
2: You know, I guess the greatest acknowledgement I can make is thankful to my God for making this all happen to me. Um, I am a true believer in faith without works is dead. So I I had the faith that I was going to do the work and I was gonna be rewarded for it. And and that didn't just happen magically, it it was ordained by God. So I know I put in the good work and I am gonna do what I can to continue to be ordered by his steps. I mentioned to you my father, and I'd like to thank my siblings, um, Fred Jr., Frederica, and Rob Burnett um, for having a circle around me. And the loves of my life, uh, Elise and Eric Lindsay, for being the best children a mom could ever have. So many thanks to my family and friends in New Jersey and Maryland. And um, I, I appreciate, appreciate all you. And thank you all to my mentors uh, who continue to pour into me because they know I have much more to do.
1: Yes, yes. And please tell me, Captain Lindsay, you got some friends in Philly, right? You got some friends in Philly, right? <laughs>
2: Absolutely. I have family in Philly. I have, uh, I have the Burnett family and the Fountain family <laughs> all in Philadelphia. So shout out to them in Germantown.
1: Yes, yes, indeed. I'm a West Philly native here. And so we're honored. Thank you, Captain Lindsay, for your service to this country, to your family, to of course, to the uh, military service, to the Navy, and for your input. You speak in life here in the studio. It speaks not just here in Little Rock, but across the country. And uh, we want to keep it real as we keep it 100. And you've kept it 100 with us today. And so we appreciate that. We would love to bring you back to the show in the future. And, uh, of course, the Olivier family is listening right now. And, and my students are listening right now. And definitely um, we will let this message circulate throughout the country. But we honor and we thank God uh, for you and what he's doing in you. And uh, the best is yet to come. So definitely, thank you so much, Captain Absolutely. Lindsay.
2: Absolutely. And, and I gotta say, cause I'm that type of fair and equitable person. I said that my dad's side of family, I cannot ignore the peer side of the family. So shout out to them as well, in the Fair Fair New Jersey and the uh, Virginia area. So love to all.
1: Yes. And yes. I
2: do look forward to coming back. And I, I, I really look forward to seeing the success of the, of the gentlemen that you're pouring into uh, to the Olivier family, thank you for seeing this opportunity um, to the young man that asked me the question earlier. You know, this, this is a family that wants to have more opportunities for you. So there's, your, there's one source right there that believes in you to be able to do more and succeed. So there's more of us out here. So just continue to do your hard work and to do your part, and we'll continue uh, to move in the right direction together. Thank you, and God
3: bless you all. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your service. Thank you for speaking life to us. And thank you for keeping it 100 on our 100 radio show.
2: Thank you.
1: Okay. Well, that wraps it up, folks. So stay tuned next week as we keep it 100 with Dory, where we will have the living legend and this guy here. Uh, he is a literary consultant, author, and he's been somewhat of a mentor to me in the past. And my first radio experience was with him on his show at KABF, and that's uh, Mr. Patrick Oliver. So we thank you, Captain Lindsey, and uh, we will be reaching out to you again. And we thank your so awesome sauce family as well. And uh, we will uh, have our prayers in line for you and your family. So we will talk to you soon, okay?
2: Thank you very much.
1: All right, folks, we'll see you next week, next Thursday on Keeping them 100 Dory. Thank you for listening to Keeping It 100
0: with Dory. The show designed to create positive attitudes and come up with solutions to stop the violence in the community. Join us every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio. We'll see you next week.